Hi there. This is Ronnie Shell, America's slowest rising old comedian. I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. Well, you, I'd listen. I'm going to. <laughs> On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. All right, here we are stepping into episode 469 of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Ronnie Shell is going to be joining us. You remember him as Duke on Gomer Pyle USMC, and of course he had his own show called Good Morning World, and he was in so many other things. And we're going to talk about all of those. Ronnie Shell is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And I just want to give you a little programming note here. Next week, uh, I'm going to be in L.A., so I'm going to be uh, probably not getting a show out uh, next week. So we'll see what we can do about uh, finagling the following week because I'll be gone, so I won't have a chance to get uh, some interviews done. But anyways, we're going out to L.A., going to see if I can get some things out there, get some connections, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, so the following week probably won't be a show. We'll see. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. And uh, I think that's about it. That's all I had to let you know about. So um, why don't we get right into it? It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. It looks like the remake of How the Grinch Stole Christmas will be landing in theaters on November 9th, 2018. And the remake live-action movie Mulan comes our way on November 2nd, 2018. And the remake of A Star is Born has been giving a release date. It looks like it's going to be coming our way September 28th, 2018. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies? Upcoming new movies, John Favreau. Well, he's going to be playing the role of Happy Hogan once again in 2018's Avengers Infinity Wars and the yet-untitled Avengers movie in 2019. Chris Evans and Ben Kingsley will star in the Red Sea Diving Resort in 2018 as Evans sheds his Captain America role, and Jake Gyllenhaal and Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, rumored to be starring in a movie called Rio as a man travels to Rio to visit a friend and gets sucked into a plot to fake his friend's death. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Let's head down to Sequel City and find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Sequel City, it looks like a new Star Wars movie is going to be coming our way uh, about Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
He's going to be getting his own movie, and it will follow him after his death. That'll be an interesting one. And John Wick 3, starring Keanu Reeves, will hit theaters on May 17th, 2019. And the next Mission Impossible movie has its release date. Look for it on July 27th, 2018. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, it looks like Game of Thrones, the complete seventh season, will be making its way to digital download on September 25th and on Blu-ray and DVD not until December 12th. Starting to do that. They're spreading out the digital and the uh, Blu-ray DVD stuff quite a bit. December 5th, you can get one day at a time the complete series on DVD in a 27-disc set. And December 19th is the release date of Police Woman Season 3 on DVD starring Angie Dickinson. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what is coming your way as far as movies on DVD? We've got it next. Movies on DVD. It looks like Atomic Blonde will be smashing its way into stores on Blu-ray and DVD and on demand on November 14th. And Digital HD, you can get that on October 24th. And Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets will be arriving on November 21st. And It is rumored to be coming out in December on Blu-ray and DVD. That's it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, it looks like Jim Carrey is back in the news. He's going to be starring in a Showtime TV show called Kidding. No no release date on that yet, but uh, we'll keep you informed. And TBS has renewed People of Earth for another season. And, of course, we had uh, Jeff from (laughs) People of Earth on our show. Go back in our rerun section. You can catch that. And Vikings has been renewed for a sixth season before Season 5 has even aired. So I guess they're pretty sure on that one. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it is Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache. And you moan and groan and woe. Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Celebrity birthdays, well, September 18th, Jada Pinkett Smith turns 46. September 19th, Jimmy Fallon turns 43. September 20th, Sophia Loren turns 83. September 21st, Stephen King turns 70. And Bill Murray turns 67. On September 22nd, Joan Jett turns 59. September 23rd, The Boss, Bruce Springsteen, hits 68. And on September 25th, Will Smith turns 49. That's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, Tom L. turns 47 on September 20th. He's from Indianapolis, Indiana. If you, a friend or relative, are going to be having a birthday, be sure to send it to me at feedback at onscreentobeyond.com. And all the listeners all over the world are going to be celebrating that birthday with you. We wish you all a very happy birthday. And that's it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we have a great guest coming your way. Ronnie Shell is going to be joining us. Funny guy. 
He was Duke on Gomer Pyle USMC, and he had his own show called Good Morning World, and he was in all kinds of other stuff. We're going to find out all about that. Ronnie Shell is next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who we have seen over the years on many movies and TV shows, including The Andy Griffith Show, Yes Dear, Coach, Mr. Belvedere, The Love Boat, That Girl, Gus, The Shaggy DA, and The Strongest Man in the World. He has had his own TV show, too, called Good Morning World in 1967, but we will always remember him for his role as Duke Slater on Gomer Pyle USMC. He's still working with his voiceover work and his nightclub act. It's Ronnie Shell. Ronnie, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, it's great to be here. Uh, I'm, I've been looking forward to uh, chatting with you, and now it's... Ronnie, yeah, I was so excited when when I was able to contact you and, and get you on the show because uh, it's like uh, you know I, I grew up with you on TV. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was growing growing up too, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's been a nice run. Yeah, well, and it's not over. It's not over. You, you're still still out there working away, right? Well, it's mighty lonely at the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm one of these guys that uh, just keeps working and working. I don't know why, but I keep working, and I, I never did reach stardom, but uh, big stardom, and uh, I, I have no complaints. I have no complaints. I've done it all, and and uh, met a lot of good people, worked with a lot of good people, and uh, uh, in fact, I just worked with Academy Award winner uh, two weeks ago, Richard Dreyfus. Richard, wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing a film called The Last Laugh, mm-hmm. and he plays uh, a, a an old uh, stand-up comedian who comes back after fifty years to uh, redo his uh, his act. And they hired me; the director hired me as uh, uh, sort of a consultant. And uh, so, you know, wow. it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how is it for? A comedian like you to sit there and you know try to help a uh, a dramatic actor to be a comedian. Well, the, the first rule I gave there were two other comedians, uh, younger guys that were there to coach him, and and I said two things. I said you're supposed to have not worked for fifty years, and I will tell you that back in those days. The F word was you cannot say it, mm-hmm. and now most of the comedians do. Right. So when you come back, you'd have to be surprised if if if, if someone asked you to do that. And the other thing that he said, because he said, you know, sometimes I have trouble doing a little monologue. You know, when I do a personal appearance, and he <clears throat> he said, I'm best at question and answers. And so I said, well, here's your act. Hi, I'm Richard Dreyfus. I work. Questions and answers. What, any any questions? <laughs> he said, "Hey, that's not a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, when is this movie coming out? Do you know? Have any idea? I don't know. They have, they start September eighteenth, and it co-stars Chevy Chase. Oh wow! 
Yeah. And it's uh, <clears throat> it's called The Last Lap, and I understand there's a lot of other books and movies that have been called The Last Lap, so maybe they'll change it before it, it right. hits the theaters. Yeah. But um, uh-huh. he, he, he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I've had yeah. the opportunity to meet Richard uh, uh, probably five years ago or so, like something like that, and uh, a very nice guy. Yeah. yeah. He's still hanging in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Ronnie, uh, what what prompted you to become a comic? I presume that was the first thing you did. Uh, you were a comic before you went into movies and TV, or or how did that all come about? And when did you start this? <laughs> My ambition early on was to be a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. And I played in college and semi-pro out in the West Coast. I'm from, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. <clears throat> and uh, I, after I uh, graduated from high school, I went into the Air Force. Uh, and, and I also played ball there. But after the second year in the Air Force, I was in four years. After the second year, I... I was always sort of a funny guy, and 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 I worked at a service club, on 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 the base. And uh, a guy said, "We're doing a variety show. Would you like to be the MC?" And I said, "Sure." So I did it, and it was very successful. And somebody from uh, from uh, Washington D.C. Uh, who handled the Airmen of Note, which are the official USA Air Force dance band, and uh, they said, "We're looking for a comedian who you know." who, when we take a, a break in the dance band, he can do his comedy. And they and they transferred me out, and uh, that's what I did for the last part of my career in the Air Force. So then when I got out of, high, uh, got out, out of Air Force, I went back to college, and I really didn't have any ambition because I was too late to, and not good enough to be a pro ball player. But uh, in my senior year, a guy who had seen me with the in the Air Force do my comedy said uh, in San Francisco, he was a program director at a station there, and he said, listen, Ronnie, why, not, why don't you go down to the Purple Onion, that's a, which is a, a big nightclub mm-hmm. then, and uh, go down to the Purple Onion and audition. They have auditions on Saturday in the daytime. He said, I'll be your agent, and uh, if, you get a, if you get a job, why, you can give me 10%. So I, I did on, a, on sort of a dare, I guess it was, and I went down there and I auditioned, and uh, they hired me, and I stayed on for five months, and uh, that, that's how it started. When I got out of, out of uh, college, when I graduated from college, I started touring with a group that was big in those days called the Kingston Trio. Oh, wow. Yeah. I toured with them for a year and a half off and on, and... Uh, in fact, they were there at the Purple Onion when I auditioned. It was it was quite a bill. It was me, I was third, and the Kingston Trio and Phyllis Stiller. Oh wow! <laughs> and we all got to know each other and had a great time. And so that's how it really started. Yeah. Uh, the next question, which every, everybody asked me, and I know you're going to ask me, so I'll get it out of the way, is what makes you? Th- why are you funny? <laughs> and. <laughs> The only answer I have is that comedians, and I've worked, you name them, and I've worked with them. I'm sure. I worked with Jonathan Winters. I did them work in Mindy with uh, Robin, mm-hmm. and George Carlin is an old friend of mine, was an old friend of mine, and uh, a lot of com- <clears throat> And I always found that comedians march to a different drummer. 
and they're usually <laughs> have, have had a rough childhood, and uh, and it's sort of to to make up for it, they try to be funny, and uh, and that's how I, I was always funny, and I think it was was due to the fact that my parents, who I loved very much, were both uh, they both liked to uh, touch of the grape, so to speak, <laughs> and so uh, there was a lot of nights I was left alone while they were out. Uh, uh, sipping wine and various drinks, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's when I really got started doing it, you know, for, for, for fun. Yeah. And uh, but hey, my, I always have a thing, and if you can, I've never been refuted, refuted on this claim. I say you show me a well-adjusted comedian, and I'll show you somebody who's not funny. <laughs> Every comedian I've ever worked with has skeletons in their closet and I named a few already and yeah. uh, and and it's just a, that's the way I, it's sort of that way with actors but I think comedians are the ones that are really touched by the early childhood yeah. problems huh. yeah now when you said in high school uh, were, were you the class clown when you were in high school yes yes you yes were. I was yeah I and I got kicked out of high school three times. Wow! Once for uh, climbing out an open window during civics class, <laughs> and uh, once when uh, when I uh, on a dare I ran down the main hall in a <clears throat> athletic supporter, nothing else, <laughs> and I got kicked out of high school. And then the other time is when, of course, this has been done many times, but uh, I wrote a note to everybody in the class. I said at three thirty. Drop a book from your desk, and at three thirty, about fifty kids dropped a book and confused the teacher, and uh, I got kicked out of class for that too. <laughs> so I was always sort of a cut up, yeah. And, and except on the ball field, I took that seriously, but nobody else did. What position did you play? First base, uh, outfield, and uh, I was a relief pitcher. Not very good, but I was. I'm a left-hander. Ah, okay. So, so I had all the positions that lefties do. Yeah. So you were an all-around, pretty much, you know. Yeah, all-around utility. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, yeah. Uh, first base pitcher and, and outfield. Yeah. <clears throat> and so that was your original wish. That was my big ambition. Yeah. Big ambition. Yeah. Who Who was your and favorite the, team back then? The uh, San Francisco Seals of the Pacific Coast League, which started. Uh, the DiMaggio brothers <clears throat> and uh, a lot of other big stars. I can't think of it. Dolph Camelli and pe- people that, uh, that came to the big leagues and did well. And I was a big fan of, uh, of their manager who was Frank J. Lefty O'Doul, who, who, uh, won the national league, uh, <clears throat> one year for hitting about 1931. And, uh, so, I was a big SEAL fan. Uh, as far as the majors, I didn't, because we didn't have the major leagues when I was a little kid, and so I didn't really identify with anybody in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, jeez. Yeah. And so yeah. you just did, you weren't quite up to par to get, you, you said you played semis, semi, so. Uh... Semi, yeah, I did. I got a little, I got pretty good. My problem was uh, I was a very good hitter, I was a good fielder, but I was very slow afoot. Ah. And, you know, when you're, and I'm not, 
tallest guy in the world. When you're short, you should be fast. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was. I was very slow. <laughs> so, so that that tells me when you ran around in the hallway with your jock strap on, you uh-huh. you you probably got caught then because you couldn't run that fast. Oh, I got easily easily caught. Yeah, I was too slow. <laughs> Same thing when I climbed out the window, the open window. I, I ran about two feet, and the janitor caught me. Ah, uh, <laughs> so. But it all worked out well. I have no complaints. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. People say to me, "Are you?" Uh, do you uh, miss any of it? Uh, you know, I'm talking about the later stuff, the, the movies and the TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say, I'm still working. In fact, on the 25th of this month, I'll be down in uh, uh, St. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Andy Griffith was born. Right, they, yes. have a May- they have a Mayberry reunion every year, and I've done <clears throat> five of them. Mm-hmm. And, to, and two of the years, when it's coming up, I'm going to do a one-man show from my nightclub act. Uh, so I still work, but not as much as I used to. Right. Uh, but my wife, uh, my, my darling wife, Jan, uh, we were watching uh, this, this memorable line she had on me. Uh, we were watching uh, the David Letterman show, because I used to do all those shows. I did right. Carson six times and Merv Griffin 56 times and wow. all the guys that were popular in those days that did the talk shows and <clears throat> we're watching Letterman just before he retired and he had a, a comic on there that, that I had worked with uh, named Havy and uh, I was watching, and he was doing very well and I turned to my wife and I said you know I'd like to do that again go back and do some of those sh- late night shows and Mm-hmm. show my wares, and she turned to me and she said, Ronnie, you had your turn. And by golly, that hit me. And I thought, I have, right. If I don't do another late-night talk show, I'll have had my turn. I did all the TV series and, and 18 movies and things like that, so you know, I don't have any, I can't, I can't complain. Yeah, yeah. I think that answers your question, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and, I forget what the question was. But anyway, <laughs> but <laughs> and you mentioned uh, you know all the shows you've been on. I mean, I, I can remember growing up as a kid seeing you on, like you say, the Andy Griffith show, and then the Patty Duke yeah, I show. Two, and, I did two episodes of the of, of uh, Andy Griffith, three episodes of Patty Duke mm-hmm. uh, show, and uh, see later on I did Sanford and Son. I played the mayor. And one day at a time, I played the landlord and picked uh, Bonnie Franklin and her two daughters out of the... I was always more or less a villain. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did that, and I did uh, most of the show. I did the Golden Girls. That was a thrill. Yeah, yeah. The interesting part of the Golden Girls was... was, um, uh, I can't think of a name. What was it? There was B. Arthur and... Betty White. uh, Betty White, yeah, and uh, the other one. Uh, Rue McCallaghan. Yeah, that's right. And Rue, in this episode, wanted to sell her Mercedes, but she's really doing it to get guys to come to the house so she can meet them and date them. (laughs) And I happen to be, I'm one of the guys, and I end up, in the script, I end up dating B. Arthur. Well, all during the workup, week of rehearsal, I thought, oh, no, I'm much too young. 
I, I'd never date her. In fact, she's <laughs> taller than me. And I was like, at the end of the week, I dated B. Arthur. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> huh. So I did, I did most of the shows that, uh, you know, you've, you've seen from time mm. to time. Yeah. And occasionally I still see them on uh, on the tube. Yeah. Now, do you mind but, seeing yourself on, on TV like that or in movies? Uh, it looks like someone else. I don't uh, identify closely. In fact, on the Gomer Powell show, where I did 155 episodes, I sometimes watch it and say, hey, i got to see how this ends, because <laughs> I don't remember the scripts, you know. Right. I was young. I was When we did Gomer Pyle, I was a young uh, actor who loved the ladies, and I wasn't married, and I, I didn't pay much attention to the to my career at those at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got to meet a lot of people, influential people, and uh, and I started doing shows for uh, a movie. The first movie I ever did was Strongest Man in the World with uh, Kurt Russell. Right, yeah. And yeah. I got to know him very well. And then, of course, when I did Good Morning World, uh, my co-star, do you remember who my co-star Goldie was? Goldie Hawn. That's right. Yeah. She played my girlfriend. She was a little go-go dancer out of Baltimore, and she'd come down and did a special, an Andy Griff special, and somebody hired her and said, she'd be great on... Good morning, well, let's put her up with Ronnie. And so she, <clears throat> she was with me for uh, all the episodes. We did, I think, 39 episodes. I remember <laughs> two weeks after they hired her, we used to rehearse in my apartment. And uh, one, after we rehearsed one night, she didn't like to overdo it. And finally I said, Goldie, listen to me. You're talking to a pro. I've been working three years, four, uh, three years in the business, and I know that you're not going to make it because you you have no discipline. Watch me or learn. <laughs> but I don't think you're going to make it. And a year later, she won the Academy Award for Cactus Flower. Right. <laughs> I found out while working some toilet in Omaha. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to, you know, that was my career, uh, other than doing the TV shows, was that I was, <clears throat> I worked, uh, uh, Las Vegas for 51 years. Holy cow! Uh, Jeez. Yeah, because I it was it started when I was working at Purple Onion, mm-hmm. and uh, in fact, the first television show I ever did was uh, Groucho Marx. You yeah. bet your life. Yeah, I saw that. I was I was reading uh, the bio, and uh, so you were on that. Yeah. What was it? You just uh, was a contestant. And you just signed up or something? Or? I was a, I was a contestant. What happened was George Feniman who was the announcer. Right, yeah. He went to San Francisco State when I did, but it was 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, producer, I can't think of his name, of, uh, of the uh, Roger Mark show, sent him up to San Francisco to try to get Phyllis Diller to come down. Because she was real hot right away. And uh, <clears throat> he came into the Purple and he saw her, and they hired her, and, and he liked me. And we talked about state and everything like that. And he said, would you like to do the show? I said, sure. So I was on the week after Phyllis was on. And I guess the secret word, uh, and the duck came down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was table, I remember. I remember. And I won $600. That was my very first uh, TV show. Well, no, actually, I did another show called a, t- a Ziv, Ziv production called The Harbor Command with Wendell Corey. <laughs> but we did that in San Francisco. So... Uh, those were the two beginnings. <laughs> and that's when you got the real bug? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 
you know, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I love the business. I love what I've done. I, I, I still like working. But I was never, never enamored. Like I say in my microvac, I never had any ambition. I never had any uh, ambition to be a big star. And the way my career has turned out, it's actually <laughs> that's the way it turned out. <laughs> no big star. Yeah, but you but, you're uh, so recognizable. I mean, I know. You know, I know that everybody recognizes not, you. <laughs> yeah. Well, not so much anymore because you know I am up there, and, and and the young kids they don't. A lot of them don't have the uh, uh, the memory of the old shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I'll do. Uh, I went to a con, you know, Comic Con. They're all over the place. Yeah. And I went. I did one in Australia where <clears throat> Good Morning World was number one back in in 60, uh, 68, I think sixty eight in the ratings and uh, and Goldman Pyle worked there and. Uh, Oh, it was a a, a Comic Con that did animation a lot, mm-hmm. and I had done a Battle of the Planets uh, comedy—not a comedy, but a, a, a series about uh, two astronauts—and uh, and I and I hardly got recognized. You know, it's just yeah. a matter of time that, and if you. If you don't let it get you, it's all right. Right, yeah. Because uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of actors and actresses, they don't, they don't want to be recognized till they die. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, it, it's not that way with me. Yeah. I don't know why. Huh. Now, when you... There was no show, there was no show business background in my family. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They were all drinkers and laborers. <laughs> so you were the first, the first in the, the, the line. I was the first in my whole family, yeah. including my uncles and my grandfathers and to, to be in showbiz. They were all very, very proud of me. And I was, I felt good about that, yeah. that I made my mark, so to speak. Um, and now I, I, I don't work as much. Uh, the last thing I did other than, uh, I still do, uh, uh, conventions where I sign autographs and mm-hmm. occasionally I'll do my act if they ask for me. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, in fact, I was in, uh, Indiana last month and did one that was very successful, uh, for everybody and including me. And, uh, and I, uh, I, uh, I, so I don't work as much. The last TV show I did was, oh boy, no, I can't remember this. It's, it was a Disney show, uh, you know, on that Disney channel. Yeah, and uh, I played the first in the very first episode of uh, a girl's name. I can't think of her name. Well, you don't watch it anyway. Was it it's like a kid's show? One of those iCarly or, or yes, yes, one yes. Of those shows? It wasn't that, but it was like that. Jesse, Jesse, that was the name of it. Jesse, about uh-huh. okay. a girl that was sort of tutored uh, these kids that lived in a mansion, and the parents were always away, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and I played. I was supposed to take place in New York. I, I played the uh, bumbling uh, park ranger. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So that was that was not too. Much. Now that show has just been canceled. But that was the last uh, thing. Uh, and uh, it, it, I also do this, which every once in a while I'll do a podcast. I did two podcasts for. Uh, Oh, I forget his name. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Yes, yeah. yes. I did it, and it went so well. They called me back. I did it two months ago. Mm-hmm. And if you if you look up uh, 
laugh or die, laugh and die or laugh or die mm-hmm. on the on the, the, the network that uh, has a lot of comedy. I did a, two episodes of a, a ten minute uh, gig called Hitchhiking Harry, and if you look up Hitchhiking Harry with Ronnie Shell, uh, I'm very proud of that because I just did that six months ago and and I played it. Surprisingly, I played an alcoholic drunk, but uh, and I got a lot of laughs, a lot of laughs. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> of course, that was from watching my family. But uh, uh, I did those two episodes. And so, you know, I, I keep busy. Yeah. I keep busy. Yeah. When you uh, got on to Gomer Pyle, was, uh, was, uh-huh. was that at a... Uh, a cattle call to, to, to try out for the part no. of Duke or were they no. looking at you no. or no, I'll tell you exactly what it was. Andy Griffith was, uh, his manager was a guy named Dick Link who had been with Capitol records. <clears throat> when Andy hit it big, he went with, became his personal manager. And Dick saw me uh, with the Kingston trio down in San Diego. I opened for them mm-hmm. and, uh, I used to have a great opening line. I'd walk out and introduce them. I'd say, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Ronnie Shell, and I'd like to introduce you now. Three young men who I've enjoyed working with. Uh, they, uh, they lo- I love the way they sing, and they, they love the way I do their shirts. Here is Nick Bob John, the Kingston Trio. Uh, and he hired me as to be his comic. And <clears throat> so he was the associate producer of Gomer Pyle. And when they were looking for somebody to play... Uh, the audience, so to speak, you know, the two Sergeant and Gomer were bigger than life. Right. So you sort of had to have somebody representing the viewing audience. Mm-hmm. And so they hired me to do that. And uh, that's how I got to play Duke. Yeah. 